are we coming to the conclusion that we're just not taking out a broadcast pitch this season? I think so. It's just nothing sounds appealing. I think we're not in a broadcast frame of mind. So we're just riding the dragon off to streaming. Woohoo! Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to envision the evolution of how we work and where we work post-COVID-19. In Take a Hike, Sarah and I will remind each other to remember the Mahjong card when we feel overwhelmed by incoming information. That will make sense once we explain what we're talking about. (laughs) And this week's Hollywood hack will help you travel more safely during this global pandemic. But first, an update. We are planning a special listener questions episode. So send us your questions. It's one of our favorite things to do. We love these episodes so much. You can ask us anything about TV writing, working as a team, moving to L.A., send me questions about spinning. (laughs) Up to you. Whatever you want. Yes. Send us an email or a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Yes, that's going to be fun. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk Sub, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's envisioning our work life after COVID-19. It feels like work is never going to be exactly the same as it was less than a year ago. That's here in the U.S. and around the world. There's just going to be a new normal. Yes, and some of the changes will be great. We're going to love them. Um, but others, not so much. So let's talk about the good changes, Liz. Yes. I think the most obvious change, and really this probably falls under good and bad, is more working from home. Yes, there's going to be a lot more flexibility, I think, in in where people are allowed to be for work. And you could be at work at an office part-time and at your home part-time, it's going to be interesting. I was thinking about doctors to see if are are some of them going to choose to be almost exclusively telemedicine or like it's it's going to become like a scheduling issue, a logistical thing. Yeah. But people will have so much more have just have more options. Yeah. I mean, I think there was always some doubt like, OK, when people are working from home, are they really working or are they really <laughs> taking a personal day? And I think what this time has shown is that, yes, people can work from home. Granted, it's really hard if you have kids around, but in post-COVID-19, children will be back at school. So I'm knocking on every piece of wood I can find right now. So there won't be that distraction. Right. And so I think that a lot of offices are going to encourage people to work from home because it also means you need less space for your company. And then I think especially in cities where traffic is awful. Yes, such as Los Angeles, (laughs) for example, (laughs) people are going to start making different choices like 
can we have this morning meeting that we always have that everyone spends an hour in traffic to get to? Can we do that on Zoom and then people come in later? Or can people kind of stagger their work time so that traffic isn't just so hellish all the time? Yes. Taking either your first meeting of the day or your last meeting at home would make a huge difference in LA. I mean, because for instance, Adam was working downtown. It would take him an hour to get to work and well over an hour to get home during rush hour. But if he had left at 3 p.m. and done the rest of his day at home, it might take 35 minutes. So it's a huge difference in the quality of life and even in your ability to get work done because you're not spending so much time in the car. Yeah. And I think especially in L.A., a lot of meetings that used to be in person, people are now going to say, let's just hop on Zoom. Like if somebody yes. in Santa Monica wanted to have a meeting with us at five o'clock, yes. again, post-COVID, I'd just be like, can we do that on Zoom? Yes, sure. If that's the only time you have available, great. But let's Zoom. Yes, I totally agree. And I think what will happen is you'll go in to meet someone the first time in person. Yes. And then most meetings from there on out will be on Zoom. Yeah. So you still want that personal connection, but once it's established, it's not so necessary. Yes. Like us as podcasters also doing interviews on Zoom, totally fine. Yes. Also, it's so much easier for the people we're interviewing, obviously, to be able to do it in their home as opposed to having to come into the studio. Again, we love having people in the studio. We love being in the studio. Yeah, Um, we do. (laughs) Haven't been there for a long time, but it's a great option. And then it allows us to talk to people, you know, who are wherever in the country or in the world, which is exciting. Yeah, and I should clarify, we don't use Zoom for um, remote interviews for the podcast. We actually use Squadcast, but it's great because we can see each other. Yes. So it feels like you're sort of there. Yes, it's fantastic. And then, Sarah, people, because of this change in how work is done, people are going to be able to live farther away from work Mm -hmm. and therefore have more freedom about where they live, either because it's cheaper to live somewhere farther away or they just want to live somewhere farther away. Absolutely. So I don't know what that'll do to housing prices, um, but something. (laughs) We should consult with um, our resident real estate agent, Victoria. Yes, we should. (laughs) What's interesting to me is in some ways, I feel like traffic will go down in L.A., but then it's going to be more appealing. So more people will move to L.A. and then will traffic go up? I don't know. Oh, God. So we'll have like a pleasant window (laughs) and then it'll be bad again. We'll have like a two-year window. (laughs) Um, Okay, another big area um, where work and work life is going to be likely different is with the clothes we wear. Yes. I would like to only wear sweatpants forever moving forward. Is that okay with you? Can I go to pitches and sweatpants now? (laughs) Well, you know what? If it's a Zoom pitch, you can wear a nice shirt on top and sweatpants. You can just wear your underwear on the bottom for all I care. Oh, (laughs) God. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> um, but I do think it's going to be more casual. You know, now as TV yeah. writers, we've always been able to wear casual clothes to work, which is one right. reason why we like it. We have worked with people who do literally wear pajamas and slippers to work. Yes, we <laughs> But it does feel like now, even at places where people tend to dress up more, like agencies, for instance, everyone uh-huh. wore suits or the equivalent of suits. And now it feels like that's just gone. 
Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, like you were saying that um, Brooks Brothers just filed for bankruptcy. Yes, which makes which me of sad. Of course, it is so sad. So sad. It's Brooks Brothers feels to me like a like a Kansas City institution. Yes, we're a very Brooks Brothers community. Yes. Um, so it is a really sad loss, but it makes perfect sense because who right now would buy a suit? Yes. And I think they've been struggling for a long time because there has been that push toward a more casual workplace, you know, over mm -hmm. the years. But um, they were saying since April, the sale of men's suits has fallen 74%. And you could say, okay, well, in theory, that'll be back up when this is done. But I don't mm -hmm. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think there will be sort of a new normal where we just don't feel like dressing that way. Yeah. And Sarah, I've noticed like ever since the start of COVID-19, I have mm -hmm. lost all desire for like a really expensive designer bag. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like I would ever use it or want to use it. It feels like some heavy piece of leather like a third arm. Like, right. why That's just do I have this? Useless, yes. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I absolutely agree. There are things that would have felt so exciting and fun to buy yeah. prior to this that now just seem absurd. Now, it's interesting. Maybe when we head back to an office, that will change, but I'm not sure that it will. I don't know. I feel myself getting less materialistic by the day. I know that. I hope it sticks. That is kind of what it is, isn't it? There's like, yeah. it's like less stuff oriented for some yeah. reason. And it's not just that everybody wants to save money, although I think they do. Maybe it's just taking us back to what's important, which is being able to spend time with our friends and family mm -hmm. um, has refocused us on what yeah. matters. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And then, of course, there are bad things about how work will inevitably reformulate after this for a lot of people. And the main one, and is this is a big one, is that work will become less social. Yes. A lot of us have made some of our best friends at work. I mean, I think as an adult, that's the main place you make friends, right, is in the office. Yeah, it's like your kid's school and at work. Yes. And talking to people on Zoom is just not the same. Definitely not. I mean, there's just a level of connection. Like if we did a writer's room with people that we didn't know, yeah. I think it would be very hard to build the same level of connection that we have with people we've worked in a room with. Because also you're having lunch with them and hanging yeah. out and you walk around the lot and you, yes. it's... It's it is very social. Yes, it'll just be more it would just be more professional like okay everybody thanks for being here. Let's talk about episode 5. What do we think so and so is doing in this episode and then you talk and then everyone goes, "Okay, let's take an hour and a half for lunch and meet back this afternoon." Yeah. And it's just not the same. Now, again, there will be work. It's not like we're all going to be on Zoom forever. But as people are there less, there's just going to be less socializing. You know, like, yeah. are people, you know, I don't like the whole tradition of the office birthday party. Right. Yes. <laughs> but even like the office birthday party, will that be such a big deal anymore? Will there be party planning committees like post-COVID-19? I think people will have to make an effort to mm -hmm. do those kinds of things, to make sure that the social connections are as strong as they can be. 
And aside from just the social connection, there's also the networking aspect. So a lot of work is networking with people above you and below you. And that takes place just getting a cup of coffee, as you said, for us, walking around the lot together, running into someone, whatever, in line for the bathroom, whatever it may Mm -hmm. be. And if you're there less time, there's just going to be fewer of those moments. Yeah. And then I think also it'll be harder for lower level people in whatever industry to really get a foot in the door. Yes. It feels like, and I hope this is not the case, but it feels like some of the assistant jobs could go away. Yeah, which is really problematic. I'm sure right now they've massively gone away because everything is on Zoom. So a writer's PA is someone who takes care of the office, gets lunch, orders supplies, all of those things. I mean, I don't just don't know how many of those jobs exist right now. I did read um, an argument on one of the WGA, you know, one of the writers' Facebook groups that writers' PAs are actually really necessary right now. Oh, good. I can't remember. It was like writers' assistants are taking notes and and like keeping on top of all of that stuff. And I think maybe writers' PAs were doing the virtual board. Ah, so the maybe the duties shift, but remain. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And again, we will be back in writers' rooms. We will be doing those things, but it just feels like, I don't know, there will be a reshuffling of duties or how much we need certain things. Yeah. And then, Sarah, this is a personal, um, for us, something that I think is bad (laughs) about this, you know, potential lack of um, commuting or less commuting, um, which is less time to listen to podcasts. I know. I think podcast listening, uh, since people haven't been driving around so much, has gone down. And if we we continue to not drive as much, people are going to have to find other times to listen to podcasts. Like if I'm walking the dogs by myself, I listen to podcasts. If I'm walking them with Violet, I don't. But if I'm walking myself, I do. But like, when can we when can we move our podcast listening time to? Yes, like I'm trying to make an effort when I get ready in the morning, like brushing my teeth and getting dressed to listen to a podcast because otherwise I don't know when I'll do it. Um, I know some people have been listening while they cook. So that's good. Oh, that's a good one. Another time people really like podcast listening is while they're cleaning. We've heard from a lot of people who said that has really helped them with their cleaning routine during the uh, stay-at-home time. Maybe I would clean more if I instituted that. You might. (laughs) But yes, everyone, um, this is a personal plea to find time to listen to podcasts because we want the podcast industry to grow and thrive. And to do that, it needs listeners. So save the podcast. Yes. How do you think your work life will evolve in a post-pandemic world? Do you anticipate good changes, bad changes? We want to know. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Coming up, we talk about what we've learned from studying the Mahjong card. But first, this break.
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, Liz, it's time for our Take a Hike segment, where we talk about physical, mental, and spiritual health. And today, it's mental health. Remember the Mahjong card. Yeah, and we should explain this. Yes. (laughs) First of all, Mahjong is a game. Some people don't know what Mahjong is. So we should explain that it's a game with tiles and you make hands. That's the best way I can explain it. If you're interested in seeing what it looks like, there's a great scene in the movie Crazy Rich Asians where um, the son's girlfriend plays Mahjong with her boyfriend's mother and two other strangers. And it's a great scene and it shows you what it looks like to play Mahjong. We play American Mahjong and that I assume is Chinese Mahjong. Anyway, Google that scene um, written, I I should mention Sarah, by Adele Lim, (laughs) who's a wonderful TV writer we know. Yeah, and recently we have been playing Mahjong. You've been playing for a while, and I uh, got very interested and joined you. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. So now we're playing on our iPads. But the other day, your son Jack was looking at the Mahjong card, and you had a revelation. Yes. Okay. So Jack was looking at the card, um, and we'll post a picture of the card. Um, But it's a list of 54 different hands and a combination of Mahjong suits. The suits, if anyone's interested, are crack, bamboo, and dots. Anyway, he was looking at it and he said, this looks like Enigma Code, um, which I'm embarrassed to say, Sarah, I didn't know what Enigma Code (laughs) was. He informed me um, it's the code Germans used in World War II. And they had Enigma machines that they could use to write this code. Yeah. And I told you that because I just thought it was an interesting observation. And you were like, oh, my God, it is like code, but then it all becomes clear. Yeah, it's like the first time you look at the Mahjong card, it's utterly indecipherable. Like, it's completely overwhelming. And we should explain that it's multicolored. Yes. There's blue, there's green, there's red, there are numbers, there are letters, There are certain hands where you can draw tiles to make your hand and other hands where you you can only be given tiles. So that's confusing. And and then there are words like pungs and kongs and you don't know what pungs and kongs are. And there are like some hands have X's and some hands have C's next to them. And there are all these different categories and you don't really know what they are. And then there's north, south, east and west. And the it's just Dragons. like it's 
Yes, and some dragons go with certain suits, like red goes with cracks and green goes with bams. Oh, and then to make it even more confusing, (laughs) the white dragons are called soap. Yes. So it's literally, you look at it and your mind just melts because none of it makes any sense at all. Yes, it is like like Enigma Code. Totally. And the first couple times I played, I just, it was all I could do was just try and figure out what the card was trying to communicate to me. Yes. But eventually it began to make sense. Now when we look at the card, it seems so clear and simple. I mean, for the most part, there's still hands that I find confounding (laughs) and I just avoid making those hands. But we look at it and we know what it means. And if you say to me, oh, I had a great quint hand with flowers, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Yes. And you understand the categories and what's happening within the categories. It's like that scene in A Beautiful Mind when suddenly everything like floats around (laughs) and it makes perfect sense, at least to him, not to anyone else. But (laughs) like, it's kind of like that. And we just wanted to, we realized that like, this is a thing that happens in life all the time. Yes, it's both in our personal lives and in our professional lives. Yeah. Um, And that's where the take a hike part comes in, the mental health. It's like realizing that when things seem totally overwhelming, if you keep studying them, eventually they make sense. And this, our career happens to be like this right now. We have (laughs) so many meetings and projects and possibilities, plus a pandemic. Uh, Nothing is clear. It's all if this, then that. If that, then this. Yeah. But we have no idea what any of it ultimately means at the moment. Which is, again, to go back to Mahjong, it's like when you kind of end up with all of your tiles and there are three possible ways to go. There are three possible hands in front of you, which is like my least favorite thing. Then you don't, if you get this particular tile, you'll do this hand. If you get a different tile, you'll do this hand. And it, everything feels like that right now. Yes. And what we've realized is just like in Mahjong, we do have to prepare for the possibility that we might not get the tiles we need to make the hand we want to make. Yeah. At which point we have to quickly commit to a new hand (laughs) And then we've got to be just as excited about the new hand we're trying to make as we were about the old one. Yes, exactly. But we keep saying to ourselves, if we play enough, eventually we'll maj. And for those who don't know, majing is winning. (laughs) I am often like sitting at my... um, breakfast table and just you know well violet and my stepmom are kind of off doing their own thing and suddenly i'll go mahjong yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're waiting for yes (laughs) the next green light for a show instead we'll we'll just text each other and say mahjong (laughs) there are other things this reminded me of though sarah as i was thinking about it writing our first spec script Like just the TV script seemed like a Mahjong card, like Enigma code. We watched shows and wrote down like A, B, C, like scenes and what order they were and how long they were and how many there were. And we kind of broke it all down just the way we've been doing with a Mahjong card. 
Yeah. And it did help. I mean, it helped a ton. And it also reminds me of like when you go to a new doctor for the first time mm. and you're just like getting all of this information, this just like and, and really anytime you're getting just like a huge download of information and words you don't totally understand and just concepts that are new. And it all seems like I will never understand this. Right. Well, like when I was diagnosed with type one, it was certainly like that. Totally. Or like when you're doing infertility treatments and it's oh, just like you have to take this shot in your butt and this shot in your stomach and this supplement goes up your hoo-hoo yeah. and like everything yes. is just incredibly complicated and there are charts and things and whatever. And then, you know, a year in, if you're still unlucky enough to be doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, this shot goes in my butt. It, yes, you understand <laughs> the hands at that point. Yeah. Um, and you know what else it reminded me of, Sarah, is preparing for your first baby. We both only yes. have one, so this only happened to us once. But it's like you have nothing, you know nothing, and yeah. there are so many products, birth plans, philosophies. It is uh -huh. like, you know, again, staring at a code. You have no idea what to make of it. And then slowly these patterns emerge Yes. And you kind of know what you're looking at and how to pick stuff and philosophies and doctors and birth plans. And suddenly it clicks into place. Yeah. And you have a baby and you have all the stuff you need. So in those moments, remember the Mahjong card. We're adding it to our list of mantras yes. for when we feel like we're looking at a code we cannot possibly comprehend. Just remember the Mahjong card. It will all become clear. Yes. And let us know if you've had moments where you felt like you need to remember the Mahjong card and what became clear to you. Because I think we all have these moments. Coming up, Sarah's got a getting out of Hollywood road trip hack. But first, this break. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood Hack, which is inspired by your three-day road trip to your house in Minnesota. Yes. Get a plug-in car cooler. Okay, so this is something I didn't know existed. And I have to say, it's actually a four-day road trip. Oh, goodness. Uh, she said tearfully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I decided it was better to have, like, more shorter days than fewer longer days. Wise, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So I did not even know this was a thing that existed. So if other people know about this, apologies for doing an obvious Hollywood hack. But I had no idea this was a real thing. There are coolers because the worst thing in the world is, like, if you're on a long road trip and you have to get ice over and over and over again, and then you're emptying the ice and things melt and it's all messy and bleh, I just disgusting. absolutely hate it. Totally disgusting. There are coolers that can plug into like the cigarette lighter thing in your car that stay cold. This is like a revelation to me. Yes. And I was reading about this product. Um, I looked it up after you told me about it. <laughs> and they said you can unplug it you know, when you go in somewhere and it keeps yeah. things cold, though, like it's yeah. built to keep them cold, even when it's not plugged in. And it can also serve as a warmer if you want to keep things warm. Yeah. So like post COVID, if you're going to a potluck of some kind and you make a casserole or a soup or whatever, you can put it in there, keep it warm and take it with you. I think it's just like the most amazing thing. And for me, 
I really don't want to be doing a lot of stops on our trip. And we'll have a trailer on my car, so I won't be able to do a bunch of drive-throughs. So for breakfast and lunch, we're just going to have all our food in the car. And this cooler will hold all of the perishables and and also the perishables for the guinea pigs who will be joining us on the trip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I don't have to worry about that, which I'm just, it's so amazing. Now, we should mention you got the... Wagon 12-volt cooler slash warmer uh, with a 24-liter capacity, um, and it's less than $100, but there are yeah. many of these, so you know you can many look around from... and see which one you like, but we'll link to the one you got in the show notes. Yes. I mean, there are some that just go like right between the, um, like in the middle of the back seat. So you can just like have it there and grab a, you know, soda or water. And then there are some that are like $700. You know, it's like there's a wide range, but amazing thing to have. All I can say is this is taking me back to the road trips of my youth where we would like drive to (laughs) Florida from Kansas City for days on end. Um, Yep. And I really, it would have been nice to have a cooler that stayed cool. Yes, although if you had had one, maybe you wouldn't have stopped for funnel cakes. True. That's one of my favorite stories of your, like, whole family stopping for funnel cakes on a road trip. (laughs) Well, it was the grand opening of the funnel cake shop, so the funnel cakes were free. Do you understand? And that was before anyone worried about how many funnel cakes they were eating. So let's say my family put down many. Amazing. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We'd love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Remember, we're doing a listener questions episode coming up. So please send us your listener questions. And thank you for listening. And please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, who is, as we've said, the king of remote recording. Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole 30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S Fame. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Kraft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, do I see that you're coloring your hair right now during our (laughs) podcast recording? I am. Sorry. Is that unprofessional? I am. The blue that I put in last week just kind of faded out. And we have a meeting this afternoon, Uh, so I'm I'm refreshing. Refreshing the blue. I can't wait to see it when it's done. It'll be gorgeous. From the Onward Project.